Good Monday morning. This is Matt Hodell with the Bastards of Art podcast coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri. We're back at it again, trying to bridge the gap between uh, who am I as an artist and uh, how do I attack the world. Um, I try to make a podcast here that encourages people to not stop making art once you leave your house or you leave your your art studio. Like Basically stop working in this bubble that there's this whole scary world out there and you don't know anything about it. How's everyone else famous? How's everyone else making a living? How's everyone else even selling their stuff? Even if this is like a side hustle for you this is like a hobby for you. This is just a, a passion for you. Like I'm trying to, with these podcasts, um, have the conversations that a lot of people don't talk about because you know, every no one really wants to, I don't know, man. Sometimes when you're networking, you're intimidated, you're scared, you want to ask questions. Everything just seems so put together with other people, man. It seems like they know what they're doing and they're striking when the iron's hot and they, they just, they're just go-getters and they get out and they go get. Um, and unfortunately it's not really, you know, always the case. I think the thing of it is, is that there's always kind of this scary, how do I do this? You know, what am I even doing? Um, I mean, long after the art's been made, look, there's plenty of YouTube videos and podcasts out there and an art podcast that, you know, shake each other's hands and tell everyone the world is good and, and, um, and such. Look, man, I, I'm just trying to give you the facts here. I'm just trying to help you kind of reveal the fog off of, off of this other world. Um, and kind of share some insights on how I operate. I'm, I mean, I'm doing okay. Um, I'm making a living. Um, I've been doing this drawing picture thing for a little bit now. Uh, we're going into, you know, I started, I, well, I've been self-employed since I was 20 and I'm 45 now. So I, I figured a couple things out along the way and it hurt and it was painful and it was awkward and it was, you know, the gamut, you know, and, uh, so if I could save somebody 10 years of doing things weird um, with these podcasts, that would be that would be super cool. Uh, so today I want to talk about um, a concept that is made famous by the book The E-Myth. And The E-Myth, the E stands for entrepreneur. Um, and that is kind of what you are when you are self-employed or you don't you know necessarily have um, someone giving you a paycheck, you know, I know there's, there's ways to do art where you just sit in a cubicle. They say, draw this, you draw it, you go home. There's, you know, there's not, um, as much pressure to be, uh, to wear as many hats in a situation like that. Cause in a situation like that, you're just the technician in tattooing. They have it. I know that like in design worlds, they have it where you basically have a desk. They put something on the desk. You systematically fulfill that request and then you push it off your desk and you wait for the next request. Um, kind of some of the stuff I'm talking about is when you actually go out onto your own, and this is what the E-Myth talks about, is you can be a really good technician, right? You can know exactly what, let's just use, you know, uh, in the book they use a pie maker. You can make the best pie, but just making the best pie doesn't necessarily make you successful, it makes your pies taste good, but it doesn't mean that you're actually um, creating a strong ecosystem for your for your work environment. You, there's there's a couple of um, areas that need to be addressed, and one of the things that this book talks about 
and I talk about it all the time ever since I've read the book, but uh, is you, you kind of have three personalities. You have the technician. That's the person who knows how to do the things that they do. All right, leave me alone. Let me just get this done. I'm good at it. And one day you look up and you realize you're really good at it. Uh, the second one is a manager. That's a personality you have. Uh, manager says, uh, let's put some systems in place so that we can continue to be successful. Uh, they might say, okay, we're going to sit down and draw every day at 1 p.m. till 4 p.m. And then after 4 o'clock, we're going to do, um, I don't know, Pilates. But the manager is the part of you that creates systems. The entrepreneur is the personality inside of you that helps plan for the future and gives you direction and gives you um, something to look work towards, okay? Um, a lot of times, as a technician, you haven't really de decided that you have these personalities in you. You see them in other people, but you're just basically trying to do your best, to do your art, and as long as your art is good, everyone's going to buy it. And that may be true. Um, and I know that some people are so successful at art that they don't necessarily need to improve some of these um, skill sets, some of this, some of this um, kind of uh, perspective on how to look at yourself. But if they did, they would be even that much more successful. So I want to talk about, you know, first really quick what, what how I kind of approach my life um, again I, I haven't pulled a paycheck in since since the 90s um, but I have to be disciplined so I implement this idea that I have three personalities I have a manager I have a technician and I have uh, an entrepreneur and I actually switch gears each time I need to switch personalities for me that's um, I mean, for a while I had different workstations and, the, you know, downstairs would be at the desk would be my manager and upstairs where my drawing area was, I'd be my technician. All it really matters is that I'm dedicating parts of my day to be one of the three personalities. So when I wake up, that's when I'm a manager. And so when I answer emails, kind of make my to-do list. Um, make sure that my scheduling's correct, make sure that, you know, everyone that needs to be talked to has been, has been talked to, um, and kind of make sure that, that, uh, the technician side of me has a plan for the day. Okay. And then, you know, that doesn't take too long. I get up early, but I would say that, you know, sometimes that's an hour, that's two hours of my morning. Um, sometimes it's less, whatever. Then when you switch into the technician mode, this is my comfort zone. This is, I know what I'm doing. I know how to do it. I love exploring. I love just getting things done. I love sitting down and putting in a couple hours of work and looking at what I've done for the day and feeling good about it, you know, um, just for the sheer fact that I've accomplished something that didn't exist. I made something that didn't exist when I woke up that morning. And that feels good. Um, and at the end of the day, there's a bit of self-reflection. Um, and this is where the entrepreneur kind of kicks in. And the entrepreneur, for me, is kind of the daydreamer. He's, he's kind of like the, uh, what could we be doing? Um, what is our goals? Are we meeting our goals? Or not, not that we're meeting our goals. That's more of the manager side. But 
do we have goals to meet? Um, you know, what are we, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? What are we looking forward to? Um, for me, an entrepreneur would be like, okay, you know what? You need to connect to the outside world again. You need to get uh, involved with some of these conventions again. You need to, um, you know, start your marketing up again. Here's the kind of marketing you want to do. And basically when I wake up the next morning, that manager thinks about what the entrepreneur was daydreaming about and sees if the, they can implement, I can implement all the stuff I talked about last night. But for some weird reason, like when this book presented it as thinking about it as three personalities, it just clicked and made sense for me. And I hope it makes sense for you too. Because sometimes when you're working and you're being a technician, you feel like you can't work because you start thinking about, oh man, I need to mail off all these things that these people have already bought. My web page isn't working right. My, how can I sit here and draw when, you know, my, my e-commerce is broken. My square accounts not as acting up, you know, whatever, whatever the technical, the, the stuff that gets in the way of just having fun and drawing or painting or whatever. Um, so this, this is kind of like a concept, this, this idea of a, of a manager, of a technician and, and of an entrepreneur. I'm taking this business world and I'm applying it to the art world and, and trying to bridge this gap um, for you, uh, the listener. Um, so to kind of get into it a little bit more, there are some, uh, there's some things that need to be talked about that that deal with the business side of things and business is boring and business is whatever but it can be exciting you can you know if you think about it and compartmentalize it the correct way it's it's not scary and it's not stupid it's just something that needs to be done so that the fruits of your labor can also give you a vacation and buy you socks and you know get you mcdonald's i don't know whatever you're into pilates um so each personality, the, the again, the uh, manager, the technician, and the, the entrepreneur, they have to discuss some of the same topics. They just look at them differently. And that's the whole point of the perspective of having these three personalities. And you're going to have to deal with work, time, and money. That's just a given. It's trying to make a living, trying to make up a little bit of money, you know, even again, even if this is just a side hustle for you, these are the scariest and crappiest parts about being an artist that you do have to kind of think about work and time and money. And most people put this stuff off for so long that by the time they're old, you know, they've, they just didn't have systems in place that captured enough money and they didn't work efficiently enough to make enough money to capture, you know, um, but this, hopefully this simplifies it a little bit. So it's not so weird or scary or whatever. Um, so let's talk about work a little bit. Uh, the entrepreneur, or let's work backwards. The manager, that, cause that's what I do in the morning. The manager's job is to be tactical, you know, with work. He's the one that makes to-do lists, um, he's the one that is trying to just work in the present. He's working on today. He's working on today or tomorrow. He's working on the immediate future of just trying to be tactical, of trying to give the technician something to do. Okay. Um, and these are sometimes strategies that um, are, are 
almost on a loop almost like every Monday I do this every Tuesday I do that they're just systems that you put in place you know um, everyone you can organize this however you want uh, the technician um, he's directed by the manager and he, he follows this uh, uh, structure um, that the that the manager gives them you know and it, that takes that the beauty about this is it takes the thinking out of the technician he can just concentrate on his work okay his or her work I'm talking about myself in third person so forgive me real quick uh the entrepreneur now they're like they're kind of strategic in nature and they uh they don't focus on the future or i'm sorry in the present as much as they're they're focusing on the future and they're trying to come up with visions specific visions specific visions of what uh what they can get out of this career this goal uh in the book they mean a lot of times they refer to it as this company so you can do that too. You can think of yourself as a small business because I talk about this over and over again. You're the product. You're a one-man band. You know, Unless you have people in your life that help facilitate all this for you and you don't have to think about it, but for our purposes, you are the product. You're a one-man band. You have to be thinking about this stuff. And when I'm talking about this, I am really a lot talking about tattoo artists in general. And and if that overlays into other, other art worlds, that's great. Okay, so we talked about work. Uh Time, I think, was the other one I said. Um, again, the manager, he he's utilizing his time efficiently. He wants he wants that when the technician starts to work, he wants to juice every piece of good labor out of that technician. Again, it, it's you, but he's trying to figure out when he's making these systems, how to be efficient with these systems, how to set the technician up for a win. He does. You don't want to, to play the manager and set, set the technician up for failure. Then the manager's a terrible manager, and every single day the manager tells the technician, here's the 92 things I need you to do, and the technician is like, no way. No way can I get all this done. Now I'm stressed. Now I'm not going to do anything, you know. So when you're playing the role of the manager in the morning, you're giving yourself um, a win. You're, you're trying to set up your time as efficiently as possible. And the technician, he's basically, you know, in the moment. He's only concerned about today. He's not worried about tomorrow or the next day. Once you start working, once you start acting as a technician, you're just worried about today. That's it. All right. Um, and again, the entrepreneur, I, I do the entrepreneur at the end of the day. Uh they're kind of just double checking as they're reflecting um, on the day. As I reflect on the day and I'm acting like a technician, I'm sorry, I'm acting like an entrepreneur. When I'm reflecting on the day that, that, that all the work I've done as a technician, the work I've done as a manager, is it still lining up with the goals or values of what I want? All right. Do I need to reconsider or do a little bit of nudging here and there to kind of change my perspective or, you know, change how I approach things as a manager. So the entrepreneur, the entrepreneur is taking more of an existential view, backing up a little bit. Are we on the right path? Is what we did today marching us towards our goal, you know? Um, so that's, you know, it's pretty simple, right? <laughs> I think a lot of people, when I talk about this, they can feel that struggle of like when you're drawing or trying to do the artwork, uh, 
I'm set my podcast up next to the window and cars are going by. Um, cause it's beautiful outside today and the sun is coming in. So when, uh, ah, shit, I don't even remember what I was talking about. All right. I'm just going to move on. Uh, the last part is the money part. Um, you know, the entrepreneur, I'll, oh crap. I'll start with the entrepreneur. Uh, I'll start by saying that, um, as an entrepreneur and reminding yourself that you are the product, you kind of want to know what your value is. You know, it's the bigger picture. Again, the entrepreneur is the existential style of looking at things. Is there money in the bank? Do you have money to do the future things that you want to do? Maybe you're trying to make shirts. Maybe you're trying to expand your marketing. Maybe it's more products that you want to develop. Um, and having the resources there to do those types of things. Um, the worth of the company being you, you know. Um, so, you know, especially as a tattoo artist, they have a bad habit of like making money, going home, spending it. Hopefully you've got some left over to buy things you need for work. Um, that's kind of the opposite of how you should run a company. You should be making money, making money, making money, putting it in a bank account of some type, you know, and then you pull a draw off of it, uh, whether that's like a percentage, like every week I only pull 30% of what I make or 50% of what I make. And that's my living expense, but the rest of it stays in the company. Cause that's that money that you make is the value of your company. It's the value of you as a product. So, if you make money and then you spend it as fast as you make it, then your company's always over zero and you have not enough capital to really grow. Um, so get comfortable where you're at until you change your perspective. So the manager, he is focused on controlling the costs and kind of increasing the profits a little bit. You know, um, The manager kind of looks at things like, uh, do I really need you know, top of the line? Mac computer that's going to be $4,000. Is it going to benefit me? Um, or can I do, get by with this laptop that's been getting me by? You know, um, Do I need to spend this much money in marketing? Did, did I get a return off of it? So the manager is kind of like crunching, really just kind of crunching those, those numbers. And in the business world, it's called uh, ROI, return on investment. Uh, a lot of times it's difficult to measure, but... Simple ROI could be if I, you know, made a dozen shirts and sold each one for 10 bucks, that'd be 120 bucks. The reality is you gave three away. Now you've, uh, you know, you're going down to 80, 80 bucks. Um, I think that math is correct. So is your, are you getting the correct ROI? Um, because you made these shirts, you got them all printed for 30 bucks. You made a profit of 80 bucks. So the return on investment would be 50 bucks. That's your ROI. So you can kind of loosely measure that in other aspects. And that's what the manager's doing. They're, they're trying to figure out the manager side of you is trying to figure out is what you're doing worth it. I think the one thing that artists can relate to is like, you know, I keep doing all these art shows and art fairs and you know, this booth cost me a hundred bucks, but I only sold $110 worth of stuff at it. Was it worth it? Um, and then you can have the argument with yourself. Well, I got exposure, but I only made 10 bucks after I paid my booth fee. But then I had a Big Mac, so that was 11 bucks. Expensive Big Mac. So I lost money on the show. Well, you might have lost money on the show, but you come home to find out that you touched the hearts and souls of 52 people you would have never met before, and half of those people put orders in. So then now the ROI, ROI is there. Um, it was for exposure. But anyway, 
My point is the manager thinks about those types of things, okay? And the technician, man, that's where, you know, money is a byproduct of good work. So the technician focuses on, if I keep doing good work, um, I will make money. Uh, and that's true. That is true if you have everything I just talked about in place or at least thinking about it. Because this argument right here, if I do good work, the byproduct is I will make money. If I put my head down and work, the byproduct is I will make money. And it is true. But it's even more true if people know you exist. If you have systems in place where you're not losing money by buying dumb stuff. If you're thinking of your business as a product and you're trying to reinvest into yourself. If you're just thinking bigger than the idea of like, I'm just going to work, everything will work itself out. You, you have to break that mentality if you're going if you're gonna make the jump between a hobby artist to a full-time artist. Or even if you're a full-time artist that's only scratching by and just barely making ends meet, you have to reassess what is the approach I'm taking, how am I doing this, what am I doing wrong, and explore your options um, you know, as an entrepreneur. Think about what you want as an existential, what do I want for the future? What do I want for my, myself as a product? Where do I want to go with this? As a manager, what systems do I need to focus on to make those dreams happen? How can I make these systems that are efficient, that are tactical, that have purpose? And as a technician, you know, you, you're basically the last man on the totem pole. You're there to just do what's to, to be done right in front of you, you know? And I think this is the, I probably should have led the podcast with this, but this is the failure. This is the, I hate that word, but you know, this is kind of like why people fail a lot of times is because they, they just think that as long as they put their heart and soul into the product, everything else will work itself out. So I'm hoping that by giving you kind of a glimpse uh, on the inside of this way that I think and where it was given to me so you could do your own research on it. It's called the E-Myth. E-Myth. You can buy the book. It's been out since the 80s. There's like a website that has a lot of good information on there. Um, but it's just the idea of like, look, dude, and do that. Don't sit there and struggle. There are solutions to be had. You don't have to just mindlessly wonder why no one's buying your stuff or if they're buying it, why you're not seeing a good return on what they're buying. Um, you know, you, you, you're, you're, you're successful. You, you want more so you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, trying to get for more, more information. But anyway, that's all I really got for today. Um, maybe uh, the next podcast won't be so heady. <laughs> Uh, that's just what was on my mind when I was uh, driving around this morning. So uh, this is Matt Hodell with the Bastards of Art Podcast. I have a webpage. Um, I have uh, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Make sure you subscribe to the iTunes and the SoundCloud. That way, you you know, every time I post something, you'll get a little notification that I did that. Um, the webpage is www.bastardsart.com. Um, and if you Google Matt Hodell, H-O-D-E-L, you'll find my website, which is Matt hodeltattoos.com and give me a shout um, let me know what I'm doing because sometimes it feels like I'm just talking into the air because there's no this isn't like Instagram where I can see how many people liked it or how many engagements I had this is just me you know trying to be helpful uh, thank you so much have an awesome week <laughs>